listeners, today's podcast contains talk of self-harm, mutilation, and murder. If that isn't your thing, we totally understand and hope you tune in next week. Thanks for listening. Love your spooky girl, scary girl, and skeptical guy. Hey everyone. I'm Emily. I'm Libby. And I'm Ken. And this is Spooky, Scary, Skeptical. How's everyone doing? I just totally dropped this. I'm so sorry. These are the kinks that we're going to work out. Yes. It's all good. Whoever's we're editing gonna this is going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. No. No. It's, it's I just lost nose goes, but I'm not doing it. Okay. So this is our very first episode of Spooky Scary Skeptical, and this is a podcast that we are doing with all sorts of the spooky, scary things in the world and we have our resident skeptic Ken yes. here uh, to tell us that he disagrees though he's typically wrong yes in our opinion rarely <laughs> rarely um but yeah if, if ever oof it perhaps in more important things how's everyone's week going uh, can't complain I can't complain <laughs> going pretty well have some blankets and uh I know some so arts and craft going on in here in this room. It's yeah. a work in progress. Yeah, this is all new. This is all new to all of us. Um, how's everyone's week going? Anything exciting? I had a fun dream. Emily, tell us about your dream. Okay. <laughs> so, right, we're on a ship. Some might call it a cruise ship. Some might call it Titanic. We're on the ship. I have notes. And <laughs> she took notes on her dream. The ship started to sink. Okay, so it's sinking. There was also, we were, the hallways were uneven. Lots of hallways. Mm. So we had to cross this plank. You and I had to cross this plank to get up into our room. And I'm like, listen, this is a great idea, but I'm afraid of heights. And there's a huge drop. (laughs) So this is a terrible idea. So we get up there, starts sinking. So in the dream, I have my black backpack. Why, Why did it start sinking? That's a good question. I have no idea. You were in charge of that. I no. I assume it's because I was on it. Again, don't think I should be flying anywhere. Oh my god, this proves my point. So I want I want like a dream analysis, like what this means. Yeah. Well, the end is creepy. Okay, so keep going. I will stop interrupt. The end is pretty creepy. So it's going down, and I'm trying to gather all my stuff, and I'm like, I usually carry two laptops, two chargers, a phone (laughs) charger, my phone, like the usual things that are in my bag. So I can't find it. So I can't find my personal laptop. So I'm looking and I end up, I'm not going to say the street name for the for the podcast, but a house in Leroy on a very particular road again. <laughs> and I'm out there. And I, Is it house one, two, or three? Three. Okay. It's house the third three. house. Oh, oh, house three, of course. Okay. So did you just whisper it where the microphone could pick it up? We'll have to cut it out. <laughs> Okay, so you're in house three of your... While we're at it, my social security code is. (laughs) Can you whisper that number as well? (laughs) That's 111. Yeah, 111. So, I round the corner in the dream, and who is standing there but the guy... Jimmy Buffett. No. no, He's bald. He's the guy from Star Trek. Oh, you don't even know his name! Oh, Pickard? Wait, who's also from X-Men. Oh, 
Oh, um, oh, uh, oh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. Sir, Sir, Sir Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart is yeah. standing there, and I round the corner, and I'm like, oh, "You frightened me." And I was like, "Have you seen a laptop?" And he was like, <laughs> "He was like, <laughs> no." And I looked behind him, and there's my fucking laptop. I don't know if we're swearing in this podcast, yes, but yes, I just we did. are. That's <laughs> cool. So the laptop is behind him, and I'm like, "Can I grab that?" And he's like, "Maybe." And Maybe he hands me his business card, and it said Sir Patrick Stewart. Hold on, I have notes. What did it say? <laughs> oh my must, must have been memorable. Screaming <laughs> <laughs> in the moment. Oh, so he starts rattling off numbers, and he's like, "If you can remember these." <laughs> oh no! Sounds then, like you failed. <laughs> I don't know what the numbers are. I have no idea. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm gonna go. And then he like followed me, and then you called, so I woke up. Okay. Didn't find my laptop. But we, Ken and I made it off the ship. The ship, listen, we ended up in a small town in central Illinois. Okay. That's so all I know. There was a ship. Childhood home number three. Yeah. But it was creepy. He was really ominous. Like, he was very creepy. Not, Not the jovial <laughs> X-Men guy. We're all is used do- to. Is Dr. X jovial? I would not describe him as pro- or Professor Xavier. I mean, he's that's helping awesome. people, so that's nice. Yeah, so no, that's not jovial, though. So much he seems cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> He's had some hardship today. But anyway. Doctor, <laughs> the theme of the podcast, Professor Xavier has had some hardships, okay? <laughs> canceled, canceled, canceled. Um, the dream was crazy. It is. Suffering. Thank you so much. I'm sorry that you walked through that. <laughs> And I didn't even find the laptop because someone called me. And you ended up in central Illinois. And I ended up in central Illinois. Wow. Ken, you had any crazy dreams? (laughs) No. (laughs) What's going on in your life? What's new? Not much. This. Listening to crazy dreams. That's true. Yeah. Are you playing any games? Am I playing any games? I feel like we're playing mind games right now. (laughs) You are so (laughs) sassy. (laughs) What games are you playing? Like video games? Yes. Oh, Call like. of Duty's always good. Mm-hmm. Kevin and I are playing Outriders. That's pretty good. Mm. Yes. Nice. On the oh. Switch. MLB. On the. Oh yeah, the show on Game Pass. That's that's good. Yeah, I walked by it earlier, and I literally thought you were watching a like a Yankee game on. It looks pretty the legit. Switch. I yeah. literally thought it was a real game, and then I saw you like moving your fingers, and I was like, wait. That's not real. It looks pretty realistic. That's kind of scary. That's it pretty is. cool. Yeah. So it's not on the Switch. It's on the... No, it's on the Switch. Oh. Well, well, I'm... Since I... Oh. It's on the... Got it. Oh. I, I have an Android emulator on the Switch, so I can play Game Pass games and on it. And canceled, 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 FBI, Nothing wrong in. with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's broken! You just said foreign words to me, so I don't know. I know. Oh, did you, you made us a game. You made us a quiz. Oh, yeah, it's not finished yet. It's not finished yet. Oh, okay. So I won't advertise it. Yes. Mm. But our resident skeptic here, Ken, yeah. is extremely talented. So I don't want to pay for trivia. He didn't I want mean... people to pay. <laughs> what was your quote you said to me? You said, um, we're, like, we're not paying someone to ask us questions. Yeah. <laughs> for trivia that can't even, they don't hear your answers. Harry, yeah, Harry Potter trivia. Why am I paying you $5 yeah, to ask yeah. me questions? Oh, 
Yeah. An AI robot can list up in 30 seconds. Correct. There you go. He invited to go to a trivia with friends, and it was $5 a person. And he said no. He said absolutely I didn't say no. I said I'd go. I just thought it was crazy (laughs) that someone's out there charging $5 for trivia. Yes. And then we played the song trivia, like, through Google, like, Google Home. And they were like, oh, your free trials ended. And we were like, well, That's what I thought you were referencing. Yes. And that's, yes. And that's the one yeah. he made his own because yeah. he's super talented. So, so you just code a robot he to play songs randomly. He, you just code. <laughs> but I, that's foreign to me. I have no idea. Yeah. How do you know what to code? I, I don't How know do you have Google? time for that. But, oh. Well, there we just Google everything. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it might be story time. We've been yeah. for probably a, a solid few minutes. You know. Few minutes? Just a few? Solid few. Oh, we've got a few in there. Um, okay, so, yes, we will dance, or we will go on to the story. Today is my story, um, and I am doing the shark arm murder. Oh, God. Shark so, arm? Yes. Does anyone realize <laughs> sharks don't have <laughs> arms? What? No. How surprising. This one does. And I'm going to tell you all about it. So actually. I'm more willing to be convinced (laughs) that there's a guy out there with two sharks, four arms, than there's a shark out there with two shark fins. Like, he walked around and he was. Yeah, even better. He claps nice. He takes him to the orchestra and he's like. (laughs) Anyway. um, I hate the ocean, so I'm immediately overwhelmed. You you might not like this. Yes. So I actually was really drawn to this case. I feel like I need to justify it because this is not going to be like my typical case. As our podcast progresses, our goal is to kind of have me do some scarier cases. Emily do some more spooky cases because those are two different things. And, Ken and by present. spooky, you mean complete bullshit, right? Okay, you need to watch it because I'm buying into what she's selling, okay? <laughs> I'm smelling what she's stepping in. We're going to be covering some pretty believable things. Yes. Maybe some, um, can we say? Yeah. Maybe some gnomes. <laughs> Maybe some bigfoots. <laughs> Maybe some aliens. I don't know. Yeah. It's the good stuff. The good stuff. Yeah. I just heard you say bullshit two times. <laughs> Actually, she said three, but oh, you know, okay. who's counting? And um, why you're the skeptical. Yes. Uh, the skeptical? The skeptic. Oh, the skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You are the skeptical. <laughs> okay. So, back you to are the case. Pretty. Is, you are the pretty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You guys, this is derailing. This is the shark arm case. So, originally I grabbed this. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be such a cool case because it's got this crazy title. It is not what I anticipated, so it may not be my typical case, but I was really into it, and I already had done a bunch of research, and I was like, nah, this is pretty cool. So, picture this. Early 1935 in Sydney, Australia. Good night, mate. Yes. (laughs) That was pretty good. That wasn't too bad. Yeah. Considering we're not Australian. Put another shrimp on the barbie. That's too far. Probably exactly what would be said in 1935 Sydney. At the time, sharks are public enemy number one. At the time. I would still (laughs) consider them (laughs) my enemy. What? Basically, in New South Wales beaches, there had been three young men that had been taken by sharks. So they'd been killed by sharks. One might say shark purposes, not shark accidents. Hate that. I know. They were very common. Bounty hunters were employed to help get rid of the sharks on the beaches of Sydney. On April 25th, 
1935, a fisherman hooked a shark, and instead of killing it, he brought it to the, uh, I'm going to hopefully pronounce this right, Kanji Aquarium Baths. In mid-April, a tiger shark that was 3.5 meters, or 11.48 feet for those of us in America, was captured about a mile and a almost two miles, mm. off of the Kuji Beach and was put on display in the Kuji Aquarium. I'm hoping I pronounced those right, but yes. And that's like, and I looked at the map and it looks like it's just a part of Sydney. Sydney's pretty big. Our Australian listeners, please correct us. Yes, <laughs> feel free. I am not going to be offended at all. Just say it nicely, you know, be like, yo, actually this is how it's going to be pronounced. Within a week, the sh- our tiger shark, uh, became ill and vomited in front of a small crowd, leaving the <laughs> leaving the left hand and forearm of a man with a distinctive tattoo floating in the pool. Dun, cool. dun, dun. No. Yes. Before it was captured, this shark, you guys aren't ready for this, had eaten a smaller shark, and it was that smaller shark that was believed to have swallowed the human arm. Oh, like a uh, Russian nesting doll situation. A little situation. bit, oh. yes, yes. Oh. So he threw up this arm after another shark had eaten it. He got very sick. Also, well, we'll get there, I guess. I'm like already worked up about it. I might skip ahead. They're going to kill the shark. So spoiler alert, I guess murder is on that table for everyone. Oh my gosh. Um, at first, people just assumed it was evidence of another deadly shark attack. They're mad because there's already been like three known shark attacks in the area. But strange details arose. After reading the report in a Sydney newspaper, Edwin Smith called the police and suggested that the arm could belong to his brother who had been missing for several weeks. Fingerprints lifted identified the arm as belonging to a former boxer, small-time criminal, a police informant, and was involved with the gambling. This guy was involved with the gambling ring scene that was really rife throughout Sydney at the time. James Jim Smith was born in England in 1890. He had been missing since April 7, 1935. The arm tattoo that was on there is what identified him by his brother Edwin and his wife Gladys. Um, It was an arm tattoo of two boxers shaping up to fight one another. I saw a picture of it and it was not a great picture so I'm not even gonna (laughs) like worth like post it on Instagram or anything because it was just kind of like also you guys are everyday pictures I guess. Yeah. No it's not yeah Um, and he was a former boxer which I guess is part of it but he was kind of um he was a little ornery he got into a lot of trouble it sounds like. Examinations of the arm discovered that the limb the reason that this was all Concerning. The limb was severed by a knife or another sharp object, uh, but not surgically, which led to the murder investigation. So it was not a shark attack. This guy did not lose his arm to a shark. He just, the shark just had him for lunch. So gastric juices in a shark, I went kind of deep into this because I was like, how are they able to identify the shark or the the arm and all this? Gastric, I know you're immediately like, ew. (laughs) Gastric juices in a shark are highly acidic. But it is estimated that the arm would have been in the stomach anywhere from 8 to 18 days. Oh, my gosh. That's a huge yes. range. Well, yes. And it's the 1935s, okay? I'm sure okay. we have better. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm sure we have better um, oh, yeah. technology now. So, yes. Picture it. 1935, Sydney, Australia. Flappers. Gastric acids of sharks. Um, flappers and flippers. Okay. 
get it because that'd be a great episode title flappers and flippers boom write that down three days later the aquarium killed the shark and gutted it to help with the initial investigation thinking hey maybe more body parts are in there spoiler alert there were no additional body parts um, they just killed this shark for no reason. But they didn't know that. What if there was? What if there was another okay, arm and another victim? I should have looked this up. I didn't. But that raises a really good point. Like, 1935, they had x-rays, right? Hmm. Mm. I, don't I don't know. Here, hold on one second. Hey, Siri. When was the x-ray invented? 1895. They sure did. But what was the time order of discovery of the end? Uh, okay, maybe they're not x-raying sharks. Okay, fair enough. But they didn't know they meant to. Did they kill it humanely? Like, no, they gutted it. But, like, did they euthanize it first? Definitely. Or did they just take it out of water and let them suffocate? Oh, my gosh. Okay, it didn't really say. It just said they gutted the shark to check. So, anyway. The story's <laughs> awful. I know. <laughs> really, we're more upset about this shark being gutted. No. So the autopsy uh, was a waste. It didn't reveal anything. But early inquiries led investigators to a Sydney businessman named Reginald William Lloyd Holmes. Reggie. Reggie. That sounds like a guy. (laughs) Yeah. Who pays people to feed other people He is. He is that guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He is... He um, is a very prominent businessman. He's he's wealthy and, and fancy boy. Um, his name, one of his names is Lloyd, and every time I see it, I think Lloyd. Lloyd, exactly. Yes, great movie. Okay, so Holmes, Reggie, Reggie Holmes, was a fraudster and smuggler who ran a successful boat building business in Lavender Bay, Sydney, just a different part of Sydney. And I will post a screen capture of the map that I got because I did want to know where everything went down Mm. Um, and how long it took to get there, which I'm understanding that in 1935, obviously their cars were not as fast or like didn't have the same traffic as now, but I just needed to know. Holmes had employed Jim Smith, our our missing arm guy, several times, typically driving the speedboats during smuggling operations and they worked on insurance scams. Ken's favorite. So Holmes had employed Jim Smith several times, typically driving speedboats during smuggling operations, but also they worked on insurance scams, um, notably one from 1934, in which they overinsured a pleasure cruiser named the Pathfinder, and it sunk near Terrigal. Sunk. Sunk. About an hour and a half north of Sydney. However, Holmes later learns that Smith had reported the boats sinking to the police as suspicious. So Smith's a snitch. And Holmes <laughs> ended up eating the cost of the boat. Oh. So Reggie, our rich guy, loses money because Holmes is like, yo, y'all should look into that. It looks a little sus. So that's how that went down. So, so now the- he's gonna starve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the guy who's potentially... Yeah, Jim okay. Smith. <gasps> so he was swimming James with Jim the Smith. fishes. He was swimming with the so, uh, the failed insurance scam caused their falling out, and it was speculated that Smith was blackmailing Holmes using Holmes' position in society as leverage. Because, again, Holmes was, like, the dude. He was, like, the popular, the rich. After this, they began racketeering with Patrick Francis Brady, an ex-serviceman and convicted forager. So, during this time, Brady would forge checks for small accounts against Holmes's boat clients and and friends' bank accounts that he and Jim then cashed. So we got Brady writing forged checks from Holmes' bank accounts 
that Jim Smith, our missing arm guy, and Holmes would cash. Not good. Yes. Police later realized that Smith was blackmailing Holmes during their investigation. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Smith was last seen drinking and playing cards with Brady at the Cecil Hotel in the southern... I knew you were going to gasp when I said Cecil Hotel. I gasped too. But it's not It's not the Cecil Hotel. I did the same thing. What a letdown. I know. I was like, what? And he ended up in Sydney? This is crazy. All the strings were attaching on the I literally wrote my notes, not that Cecil Hotel. Do you what? know about the season? No, I have no idea. We're gonna, we are going to cover it. Yeah, it's going to happen. We can do it on our Patreon. Maybe we can watch the documentary for Is it. it the Cecil or the Cecil? Depends on who you ask. Oh, this one. Might, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I thought it was Cecil. I thought it was too, but maybe it's Cecil. Maybe they're all Cecil. Cecil. Um, so anyway, so they're at the Cecil Hotel. And if it is Cecil, just tell me. The... Okay, I'm so sorry. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh-uh. Uh, no, because I knew you were going to ask, but I literally wrote, like, not that Cecil Hotel. Smith was last seen drinking with Brady at the Cecil Hotel, not that Cecil Hotel, hotel in southern Sydney suburb of Cronulla. Cronulla? After telling his wife he was going fishing. Oh. Yes. Brady had rented a small cottage in Cronulla. Cronulla. Please correct me if I'm wrong. At the time Smith went missing. Police alleged that Jim Smith was murdered in that cottage. Okay, so he's been he had been missing. That he went missing on April seventh. Body found April twenty fifth. So two weeks had gone by, and they're they're presuming that he was killed in that cottage around that April seventh. Port Hacking and Gunamata Bay were searched by the Navy and Air Force, but the rest of Smith's body was never found. This caused problems for the prosecution when Brady was brought to trial. I also have a picture of Brady's mugshot that I'm going to put up. Um, I'm going to let you guys see it. It is not what you're picturing. This is Brady, our murderer. What? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. He does look mob-ish. He looks though. mob-ish, but he also looks... Uh, he looks like a good cool grandpa old. mobster. Yeah, like he like he, he looks like the mobster who maybe already hires people to do it for him now. He, the younger he guys. Lo- he looks like someone. I don't know. I'm going to think I'm that. Okay, person. yes, please do, because I think he looks... Like someone who should already be hiring someone else to do the mob hits at this age. Right. Okay. I included Brady's bug shot. I'm totally going to. He was arrested on May 16th, 1935. So uh, about two and a half weeks after the arm was discovered. And he was charged with the murder of Smith. He, James. he looks like he should be one of the Three Stooges. That's what it is. I think it's a lopsided hat, honestly. Yeah, he He's looks got, like, like a, a little goofball. Ken's disagreeing. No, I don't, I don't his, like no? that, no. He looks like just a goofy guy. A he goofy doesn't. guy. He's a goofy He's guy. He's just a goofy guy. He's also a killer, but yeah. he's a goofy guy. Well, we don't know. He's alleged. Uh-huh. He was... You you don't know. Alleged killer. He doesn't look goofy. He looks like a killer. He looks menacing. You think he looks menacing? I think that he looks like uh, the guy who hires Menacing is there. different than looking like a killer. Mm. Do they just have a look in their eye, like a gleam? They just have a look. Well, They've he's seen an alleged, some shit. He allegedly looks like a killer, as an alleged killer. No, he looks, he looks like, like a, a, killer. a killer. He's alleged an alleged killer. killer. <laughs> At least this point in the story. Okay, correct. A taxi driver testified that he had taken Brady to, from the Cornella cottage to Holmes's address. So Reggie Holmes, our business guy in McMahon's Point on the day that Smith had gone missing. So I looked it up. It's about 21 miles 
t- on today's time, it would, or at the time that I looked it up, it was about 42-minute drive from Cronulla to uh, McMahon's Point. And that all looks like it's um, in Sydney. It looks like McMahon's Point is more towards the center. And um, Cronulla is like south. It's, I needed to see it. It's all about the visual. So the taxi driver stated that Brady was, quote, disheveled. He had a hand in his pocket and wouldn't take it out. It was clear that he was frightened. What was he doing in that pocket? Mm, Hard to say. I know. Initially, Holmes, uh, Reggie, I love that you said Reggie, it's now in my head. Reginald Holmes (laughs) denied, denied any association with Brady. But four days later, on May 20th, Holmes went to his boat shed with a bottle of brandy and a gun and attempted suicide by shooting himself in the head with a 32 caliber pistol. What do you mean, attempted? Yeah, I would love to tell you. Okay. However, the bullet <laughs> instead flattened against the bone of his forehead and he was merely stunned <laughs> and knocked out. He simply <laughs> fell backwards off the boat. And was knocked out. This is not real. Did he roll up tinfoil and use that as a bullet? What? It was 1935. I'm pretty sure their bullets weren't as... Um, bullets were around since the, the Revolutionary War. Before that, like 1400. Yeah, exactly. Was invented. Um, we can check that later, I guess. But um, No. This is some kind of Looney Tunes. No, <laughs> this is crazy. I swear. So he goes out to his boat shed, tries to kill himself. Um, I can't uh, do it. And damn he, it. So the bullet instead gets flattened against his forehead, and he's stunned. So he's knocked out. He falls backward off the boat, and he falls into the water, which literally shocked him awake and revived him. He crawled onto his speedboat. And the police had been alerted to the goings-on and that there was problems. So Holmes led two police launches on a chase around the Sydney Harbor for approximately four hours until he finally was caught and taken to a hospital. Did he have a sizable divot in his <laughs> What? I don't know, but this was part of a story that I was like, what? I couldn't stop reading. Like, there is something being covered up yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was fine for four hours. What did he need a hospital for? Yeah. I mean, I, I, he did get a good knock into the head, I assume. So. What did he do? Load the gun with a chiclet or a tic-tac? I can't <laughs> tell you, man. All I know is that um, he was up and, up and kicking once that water hit him. Hmm. In June of 1935, Holmes then decided to cooperate with police in investigating Smith's murder, claiming he was simply a victim of extortion. So he admitted that, yes, I actually did know this dude. And Holmes told Detective Sergeant Frank Matthews that Brady killed Smith, dismembered his body, and stowed it in a trunk that he then threw in the Gunamata Bay. Gunamata. I think that's how we pronounce it. Um, According to Holmes, Brady then showed up at Holmes's place with a severed arm and threatened Holmes with murder if he did not receive 500 pounds immediately. I looked it up. That's about 42,000 American dollars today. Oh, so that's currency exchange and inflated up to current day? Yes. All right. Thank, thank you. Um, you can fact check me later while you're editing this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, an ocean burial 
like this was called a Sydney send-off because water burials were so easy back in the day. It seems that that was a very common way of uh, disposing of human remnants um, at the time. And additionally, the arm, of course, was kept for identification purposes. He had a very notable tattoo on his arm, so it was super easy for him to be like, I killed Jim, here's his arm, I want money. He then, uh, Holmes then said that Brady left his home, traveled to Marabora, and tossed Smith's arm into the surf, which is, of course, where the shark may have eaten the arm, consumed it, and then a tiger shark ate that shark, then vomited it up. Blech. Blech. <laughs> On June 11th in 1935, Reggie Holmes withdrew 500 pounds from his bank account. And late in the evening, he left home telling his wife that he had to go meet someone. He was due to provide, provide evidence about the inquest the next morning. At 1.20 a.m. on June 12th, 1935, Holmes was found dead in his car at Dawes Point. Oh, just ooh. I know. I know. Just hours before the coroner's inquisition on Smith's death. So he was supposed to testify, and he's found dead. Hmm. Holmes had been shot three times at close range. It was made to appear that he had committed suicide. The old committed suicide with a gunshot bullet to the back of the head. No, three gunshots to his front. <laughs> Uh, that worked. Stop. They did work. Oh, yes. oh okay. Yeah. okay. He, uh, at close range. But the forensic police had no doubt that he was murdered, as it was unlikely that he shot himself three times before that. Yeah. I mean, he did shoot himself once already, and it was unsuccessful. So It was also speculated that Holmes hired a hitman to kill himself in a bizarre and violent suicidal act. Although he was the star witness of the trial, Holmes had, was not offered police protection before his testimony was heard. So hopefully since 1935, they learned their lesson. So the next day, Holmes is found dead. Clive Evett, who I looked up, and there is lots about him, but this seems like a blip in his whole career, but it was mentioned. His name is that Clive? Clive. Can it's I kind of a that? cool name. Yeah, it's definitely like Clive. Um, he was the lawyer working on behalf of Brady. And he claimed to the coroner that uh, there wasn't enough subs uh, substance to begin an inquest. Evett argued that St Smith could still be alive. An arm did not constitute a body. Ooh, good so, lawyer, right? Good lawyer, yes. With their star witness dead, the case against Brady fell apart due to lack of evidence. Brady was acquitted, and for the next 30 years, Brady steadfastly maintained that he, had, he was in no way connected to the murder of Smith. However, it is upon Smith's death that more information came out. Smith was a police informant, as I mentioned, was discovered that he, was, he had informed a, on a young man named Eddie Wyman. Eddie Wyman was one of the most dangerous criminals in Sydney in the 1930s. As a result of his information, Eddie Wyman and one of his friends were caught red-handed raiding a bank. Though the crimes were never formally linked, some believe that Wyman may have been a likely suspect for Smith's murder. Holmes, on the other hand, had been deep, deeply involved in the cocaine trade with his smuggling operation and could have been a victim of a gangland-style violence. There was uh, an unspoken rule among criminal worlds that, that you never squeal to cops, and I think that still exists. And considering both Smith and Holmes had done so, it could have been a case of cleaning up. So... The theories, of course, are Brady killed Smith. 
they had Holmes or they had Holmes killed. Although it's interesting that Holmes did try to kill himself prior to his own. I don't murder. think I don't think that actually happened. It, it did. I'm telling you. I no, 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 no. He was someone tried to kill him in his boat shed. Yes, mm. it wasn't a self suicide with and him Superman and Super Bowl. And then he led them on a chase for four hours. Why? Because he was giving the... They were in business with each other. Who? Holmes Holmes and and whoever tried to kill him. Okay. So he wanted to get back on their good side. So he gave him plenty of time to escape. Oh, interesting. That is. That is. Interesting theory. Um, But then, of course, the other theories are that Eddie Wyman, this guy that Smith had snitched on, might have killed... That's a good Smith. one, too. And if, again, Holmes was in the cocaine trade, there was a bunch of issues, he really could have been killed by any gang that was also in the cocaine trade, mm-hmm. and it would have been oh, eliminated sure. a major player. Again, when I started this, it obviously sounded super cool, the shark arm murder, and I was like, what's going on? It didn't end up being what it is, but it is an technically still unsolved case, and Brady did get off, um, and he was never convicted of having done it. Wild. I know. Wild. So will you be swimming in the sea anytime um, soon? Absolutely not. But it's interesting he ate the dead arm. He didn't eat like a live person. Um. Yeah, it's it's too risky. <laughs> also, I think we learned a lesson about swimming with sharks and, you know, the Australian mob or whoever these people are, mm-hmm. these crazy people. We love a mob. We love a mob. <laughs> Oh, and I have a picture of our shark, too, and I'll post it on our Instagram as well. But this is our tiger shark who's, who vomited. Oh, he didn't yeah. have a chance. He didn't even stand a chance. Oh, and his tank was, like, super small. I don't remember what the exact dimensions were. But I was like, okay, this feels like he was going to die in this tank either way. He could, like, barely swim. Yeah. But it was the olden days. So. the olden days. Animal yeah. cruelty. Animal cruelty. Ugh. I mean, it's still a thing, but yeah. yeah. So that is the shark arm murder case. Thank you. Yeah. That was that was great. And terrifying. I'm glad. What do you think? Did you like it? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. He's unimpressed, folks, but that's okay. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be when I started it, but it was still super interesting. So I'm going to lose so much sleep over this bullet that... <laughs> See, that, I didn't know what we were getting into. Like, it just started off completely different. And then it was just like wild turn after wild turn. Like, I was like, I was not expecting it. That's the real story here. Yeah. He was an alien from another planet and could withstand a bullet. That's the story. <laughs> Fuck the shark. That's oh. the story. That's what you get out of it. <laughs> that is what I get out of it. Hey. I think hey, I think there's a story. No there. one's right. wrong here. There's some funny business, and it ain't no aliens. <laughs> Maybe he had blue or purple blood. We don't know. Well, you know what else is the thing too? Smith was never found. He could have been alive just living out there with one arm. Like the lawyer did his job, and it's also true. Like there's no proof. That nah, he's dead. dead. You think he's dead? You don't yep. think he just, like, he could have been, but if he knew the mob was after him, if he knew, like, okay, I've been, like, extorting Holmes, and, you know, you know, Brady and I aren't having the best time, whatever. All right, cut off my arm. Peace. I'm going to go be 
Jim Bob Schmo over, and I'm going to go on a ranch. All right, so if the mob really wanted someone dead, maybe Brady. Why would they be content with just cutting off his arm? Because that's proof. Well, it's his proof, and it's a punishment. And maybe Brady had a soft spot for him. If I'm cutting off a limb for Mm -hmm. for it to look like I'm dead, I'm not going up here. No, forearm. It's starting here. It's like here now. I said what I said. Okay, I'll be cutting (laughs) off a finger. Or at the wrist. Or but he needed to prove nails. it was him. He needed to prove it was him. So the tattoo was like on his forearm. Right they could have just carved the skin off. That's disgusting. And a mess. It's a whole hassle. You but know. you still have your arm. But he, it's a mop hit too, right? If it's potentially a mop hit, you have to prove like, oh, he was punished all right. You know, and then he was like, I'm going to go be a rancher with one arm. And the mob would be like, no, he's supposed to be dead. What do you mean, punished? But they, no, because, like, what if he was like, he is dead, but then he had a soft spot for Smith. And Smith was like, he's like, Smith, I really like him, but I have to take your arm. And Smith's like, I get it. And he's like, I'm faking your death, though. you got to get out of here. And Smith's like, for sure, I've always wanted to be a rancher. He's mobby, but dumb. What? Why, why bring you me your arm? That. We're going to be hit by the mob. Okay. Why would you, like, why would arm? Like, no, if you wanted to prove someone was dead, you bring the head. But the thing is, like, so if his story is that we got rid of the body and we threw it in the ocean, the Sydney send-off. Except for his arm? Because that was the proof. That he's like, Holmes, I killed Smith. You owe me 500 pounds. So if I told someone to kill someone for me and they brought back an arm, I'd be like, what do you, no. (laughs) Well, what are they supposed to do? Bring the dead guy in the taxi all the way up at a 42-minute drive up? I mean, that's why is the head no more difficult than the arm? I didn't even think about the head. <laughs> I, I can't. If you were a girl, you could probably stuff it in and be like, I'm pregnant. But how does the guy carry it? What did he head? do with the arm? How did he... he stuffed it in his pocket or something. I wonder if he had it down his sleeve and his hand was over the hand of the dead arm and he just had it and that's why he didn't take his hand out of the pocket like the taxi driver said. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Because that's what I would do if I had to sneak an arm into a car. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And that's the T. Interesting. I like that last bit. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well guys, thanks for tuning in to this chaotic episode about the shark arm theory. Uh, We hope you have a great day and a great rest of your week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Peace. everyone thanks for tuning in our sources are linked in this episode's description you can find us on instagram at spooky scary skeptical podcast or you can email us at spooky scary skeptical at gmail.com you can find us on our patreon at spooky scary skeptical podcast and if you enjoyed today's episode please be sure to give us a five-star review it means so much to us thanks for listening love your spooky girl scary girl and skeptical guy